Hello one, hello all. Welcome back to Welcome to Treetown. I am your host, Ryan McCooch, and I'm here with two very special friends of the club who I'll let, I'll let you guys introduce yourselves. Yeah, um, I'm Belial Allman. I'm uh, Brendan B. Singer. Welcome, guys. Thank you for both coming on. Uh, why don't you guys, first and foremost, before we delve into the schedule and the team itself, which is what we're going to be doing today, why don't you talk a little bit about your relationship with the club? Um, yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, my relationship goes back to, um, to season one, actually just prior. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was a part of the first internship class of AFC and Arbor. So this was back in 2015, that summer. Um, there I met Bilal Saeed and some other of the owners, Rishi, guys like that. Um, ended up working for the club the following season in, in like game day ops, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been around the club for a while. Um, I actually stepped away just because oh. career path took me elsewhere, um, yes. but still follow the team very much, still work in soccer. Um, so I'm just a fan of local soccer, still very much in love with the club. Absolutely. And Brendan, what about your journey? Yeah, um, I played soccer all my life and then you know, eventually just got to the point where I couldn't keep up with the levels I'd have to go to keep playing. And uh, in 2017, right before all the season started, I wanted to check out AFC, along with some of the other clubs. And I went to the Memorial Day game against Grand Rapids that year uh, and fell in love. Didn't go to see any of the other clubs. And I've been just a fan ever since. Absolutely. Well, first and foremost, we've had a couple of exciting announcements this week in terms of players. Stephen Turnbull will be back for the 2019 season, as will Jordan Montoya. Uh, Brendan, first of, all, first of all with you, can you talk a little bit about what I, either of those players brings to the team? Yeah, um, they're both obviously really good players. I was really excited to find out, find out about Turnbull specifically. Uh, you know, one goal, one assist in 2018, but what, what he does is more than statistics. You know, he's very solid on the defensive end, so super happy to have him back. Yeah. Absolutely. Anything to add in terms of that? Yeah, I mean... Steven Turnbull's a big highlight, especially in, like, today's soccer, what you need out of a fullback. Yeah. Um, I'd imagine that he's going to play somewhere along those lines, left or right, and outside back. Um, but you got to be excited about Jordan Montoya, too. I think his season last year was hindered a little bit by injury. Yeah. Um, but when he was on the pitch, he was dangerous. So you got to be excited about both. Who stellar six goals last year. That was second most on the team. Yeah. Well, those two will play a key part of AFC. But in terms of who they will be playing against, we have their schedule pulled up. And what I figure we will do is we will go through month by month. And we'll talk about the NPSL season as well as some of the other fixtures. Cool. So first and foremost, we're looking at a jam-packed May right to start. And it opens off with an away day at Michigan Stars, who will be back in the NPSL. Now, you know a little bit more about Michigan Stars than we do as a history. Can you take us through sort of their historical battles with AFC? Sure. So Michigan Stars is actually, they're going to return to the conference after like a one-year hiatus. A year hiatus. Um, They actually are one of the original NPSL teams as far as recent soccer goes. Um, They were based out of Dearborn. I believe they had a move to Berkeley, Michigan. I'm not sure where they're playing their home games this year. I believe so, yes. Um, But they're talented. I mean, they lean on guys from Oakland University, other schools around that area. Um, They always field a good team. I would say they they run along the lines of one of the clubs that field a stronger home team as opposed to away, which is kind of something that's common in the NPSL. Yeah. Um, 
So if they're going to play a home match, which it looks like that's going to be our first away, mm -hmm. um, you got to expect if they can get maybe some college guys cleared to play earlier, yeah. um, you're looking at a stronger side. Does it does it hinder the squad as a whole to open the season away, or do you, is that nothing so to think about? It's tricky, and they have a few away matches in the month of May, and that's without Open Cup um, being released and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, that said, it can become a real positive when you get your first three points on the road. I believe our club has gone at Milwaukee two years in a row to start the season. Yes. Um, they've taken six points out of those two years. So, I mean, it's trickier to start that way at the beginning of the season. Mm -hmm. But if you can get three points out of your first match, the season is now goes from uphill to downhill um, yes. when you get an away win in your first game. So, tricky because of the players perhaps that we'll have available. Yeah. Um, but it's also an opportunity to have an awesome start and get one out of the way. 100%. Well, in terms of following up with that, we have also Columbus, not, excuse me, not Columbus, Kalamazoo as the home opener. And then we have Columbus away on the 17th. That's a Friday. And then it's a Friday away day to Keyworth at Detroit City. And then we have Michigan Stars at home on the Memorial Day Classic. Brendan, which of those games stands out to you? Obviously, the home opener is a great event for the fans. Everybody's excited the season's back, so that's a big game against uh, Columbus, or not Columbus, Kalamazoo team. We got to play three times last year because of the Milk Cup. Um, but also, the, the away day to Detroit City is always a fun one, I think, for the fans and the players. Absolutely. Um, obviously, last year and the regular season before, anyways, we got a couple tight good results there and obviously the team will hope to continue that this year 100 percent. there are three away games in that first month there's two home games uh the two home games are against kalamazoo and the michigan stars those are two teams where michigan stars hadn't played last season and kalamazoo was i believe uh fourth or fifth in the great lakes yeah does uh, backloading your home games against maybe some of the stronger sides like Detroit City and Grand Rapids, yeah. does that help the season structure at all? Or is that not something that you try and think about? So it's weird because in the MPSL realignment, your conference is different each season. Um, so I think you kind of take what you can get, and we don't have a lot of say in how we schedule which teams. Um, last year, the season was decided before our last game played. Mm -hmm. um, so you just want to get as many points out of the month of May as possible because you might not even have your first-choice team um, in that month, but you can decide the season and get out to a first-place start before the other right teams the really get their points. Um, so you kind of, not that I'm on the coaching staff and <laughs> telling these guys how to go, but you definitely got to go for it in this in this first month and worry about the back half of your schedule later, no matter who's on the schedule. Absolutely. Yeah. The other fixtures in the month of May that we know for sure will be a U.S. Cup, a U.S. Open Cup match, and you will also have the Michigan Milk Cup, the second round, the quarterfinals, which will take place in between May second and May twenty seventh for AFC Ann Arbor, and the U.S. Open Cup is confirmed for either May seventh or May eighth with AFC potentially playing on May 14th or 15th if they got that far. In terms of Open Cup uh, contenders that you may see, uh, Brendan, is there any specific teams that you could see taking on AFC? Uh, obvious example would be Lansing Ignite. Yeah. 
that would do you think that's one of the key teams that we should be looking out for in the draw? Absolutely, yeah. I, I believe that the AFC Ann Arbor and Lansing Ignite are the only two Michigan-based teams yes. who qualified for the Open Cup this year. So not to say that they will be our opponent, but it's obviously in the realm of possibility. And it would be, uh, it would be really cool after their rebrand, um, formerly Lansing yes. United. Official professional in, club now, yeah, too. Yeah, exactly. So... I think it would be a really cool matchup for both cities and clubs fans mm-hmm. and uh, definitely one to watch out for. Absolutely. And then the Michigan Milk Cup. Uh, Bilal, talk to me a little bit about sort of a two-legged fixture. Sure. What what goes into the mentality of that sort of thing? Yeah, so um, the club's going to be fortunate enough to go, I believe, straight into the semifinal. Yeah. Um, so the format's a little bit different this year as a returning club. They're kind of going to be placed farther in the tournament. Um, that said, when you're a t- when you're a two leg match, um, that's going to feature a lot of bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, so space might be spread out between when those two matches are played. Mm-hmm. That said, you're going to have MPSL matches in that window as well. Um, so you're going to re- be relying on if it's your first place, your first choice guys, then the second choice guys are going to get an MPSL match, um, and vice versa. So I'm not sure the format of away goal rules or anything like that as far as a tiebreaker would go. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to treat each leg kind of like its own yeah, um, and score as many goals in that first match as possible, hopefully. Mm-hmm. I do believe it is an away goal advantage yeah. as well, so that just makes the away goal cool. that, that much more important. Yeah. In terms of June, turning our attention towards the June part, portion of the season, it's another jam-packed month, even more so than May. You have Grand Rapids at home on June 2nd. You have Columbus away June 7th. You have Columbus at home on June 9th, so a very short turnaround there. You have Toledo away June 14th. You have FC Indiana at home June 22nd. And then you have Grand Rapids FC June 30th at Grand Rapids. Brendan, we were talking a little bit before the podcast, and you highlighted a key stretch. What was that? Yeah, um, the key stretch I was looking at was four games in 12 days uh, from June 2nd to June 14th because you start with that that doubleheader uh, with the women's side playing the Michigan Legends and then the men's side playing Grand Rapids on June 2nd. Then you have the five-day turnaround, I believe it's Sunday to Friday, and you're traveling to Kalamazoo. Yeah. And then you back to Ann Arbor two days later. That two-day turnaround is really key, I think, in the stretch. Um playing FC Columbus at home, who presented a really good side last year, and I expect to this year. And then it finishes on the 14th, uh, traveling to Toledo Villa for the first time, I believe. Absolutely, yes. Uh, Toledo is an expansion team here. And Bilal, we mentioned Michigan Stars. They've taken a year off. But Toledo is a brand-new team from the UPSL. Is there something that goes into those sorts of expansion teams that makes them a tough away day even, perhaps? So it's it's tough anytime you play a new team to a conference because you don't have a ton of history about how they're going to line up, which players they're using. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's really exciting to welcome a team like Toledo to this conference, particularly for us as far as a manageable away trip um, and away drive, something that could perhaps turn into a, a highlight match and a rivalry in the future if these are kind of competitive games. Um, just some info on Toledo Via. They're kind of operating out of the youth club arm and expansion of that area. Mm-hmm. So you'd imagine that they'd have some access to 
some younger players um, in that area as they're kind of attached to a to a youth club. Yes. Um, similar to FC Indiana, where they operate within very, their very, ranks. Very similar. Yeah, so, so it can be tricky to kind of face an expansion team. That said, in the MPSL, the turnover roster-wise is high in, in any club. Yes. Um, so the first time you see them is going to feel brand new, but mm-hmm. it's going to be up to our staff to kind of do their homework, how they line up in their games prior, and just come up with a good game plan. I'm sure, I'm sure they'll be prepared. Yes. Uh, at this point in the season also, we are in the heart of the AFC Ann Arbor women's side. Mm-hmm. And, Brendan, there's a key doubleheader as well with uh, Grand Rapids. What, mm-hmm. what is that? Yeah, so the away day at Grand Rapids also happens to be one of, those, one of the three doubleheaders that the men's and women's side are playing. The cool thing about the away one is that both the men's and women's side are playing Grand Rapids FC. Uh, so the first two, the, the two ones that are at home, the, each uh, team is playing a different club. But it'll be really interesting on the thirty on the thirtieth in Grand Rapids over on the other side of the state to watch the men's and women's side play. Absolutely, club. for sure. Brendan, you have the women's schedule in front of you right now. What are the other two doubleheaders? The other two doubleheaders. Uh, it's June second for the home one. Like I said, our men's side plays Grand Rapids, but the women's side will play Michigan Legends, mm-hmm. and then on the twenty second of June, uh, the men's side takes on FC Indiana, while the women take on Detroit Sun. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's uh, doubleheaders are always very exciting, and especially once in sort of in a way day that can be that can be intriguing mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Uh, but I'll talk to me a little bit about Grand Rapids. We've mentioned that they have a very good team. Yeah. FC have a scattered road history at Grand Rapids. I believe it's one win in the past four years. Yeah. So Gr- Grand Rapids is a is an interesting trip. So going over their club's history, I think they have the easiest access to local talent. Um, yeah. Not to say that the other clubs in the league don't try to tap into that local market. Mm-hmm. They simply have a strong base of players that are from Grand Rapids. They are ready to play and kind of call up to their local team. Um, so they're strong at home because they're leaning on, at least in the past, um, some local guys that perhaps have day jobs or coaches in the area. They're for sure there at the home games. Who knows away? Mm-hmm. Um, but they always feel the strong side at home. And they have, a, yeah. they have a good home atmosphere. I mean, they're not the Detroit City kind of spectacle and amusement aspect. Right. That said, that's a large stadium that's full of fans and families, similar to AFC and Arbor. Yes. Um, but their, their noise makes a difference. And they get behind their side for sure. 100%. They have made many roster announcements as well. They're shaping up as ever to be very strong. Right. Uh, Keeping in that sort of theme where you mentioned you can tap into a local pool, how much does that help having a sort of local college? You can see that with Kalamazoo, with Western as well. It helps. Mm -hmm. And when I mean local for Grand Rapids, we're talking about guys that are completely out of college. Um, Guys in their mid-20s that are kind of in that area ready for their shot come May. Um, In contrast to Kalamazoo or even Ann Arbor where the local guys are still in school Mm -hmm. and you have to wait till they're cleared from their college programs and they get the thumbs up to go. Um, So I think this is where Grand Rapids gets a heads up because, and again, this is in the past, so they might line up a little bit differently. Um, But they're leaning on guys locally that are ready to play from day one and they can get after it in training in the first month with the same guys that are going to be there in the season at the end. That's absolutely key in terms yeah. of composition. Yes, Brandon. Yeah, so in, in years past then, if they have that type of system, yeah. would both the fixtures being in June uh, yeah. kind of allow, not for an advantage for AFC, but almost a catching up to yeah. 
get their first side. Guys. Certainly. So I'm. I like that we play them at home first. Yes. Um, so you're going to scout these teams no matter what before you play them. Um, but you get a crack at them at home at our home field, and then you can game plan from there for the away trip, which I'm sure will be a pivotal point in the season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so as far as players and lining up, I don't think it's a crazy advantage for us or them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like that we get, we get to see a club like that at home first um, and then take what we've learned and try to apply it in the away trip. We are, in baseball terms, they call it the dog days of summer. Yeah. Do they feel that in soccer, too, as well? Sh- sure. Yeah. Even so, though it's a short season, yeah, it's, sometimes still it, tired legs. Yeah, tire, tired legs for sure. Um, and like you mentioned, like two games in four days is tricky. It's almost like a, a D1 college schedule where you might have to play a Friday and a Sunday. That's, that's not normal. Right. Um, so fatigue is going to set in for any club. I think we have trended, especially towards the international players that we're bringing in, even though they're not in school, they are younger. Um, but if you're going to make an open cup run and you're going to play in the next round and you're going to play in the, in the next round of the milk cup, um, you're going to have tired legs for sure. Absolutely. Well, after June, we have three games in July. You have an away day to West Lafayette to take on FC Indiana. That's a week at, a weekday, excuse me, a Wednesday at 6 p.m. Yeah. Is that is that a troubling fixture or a troubling time, I should say, for um, to play a game? So I think... And it's funny you mention this because we're both like Michigan basketball fans too. Yes. So like when I look at U of M hoops is going to go on the road, mm-hmm. but then they have a road game that's an earlier kick. I think that's an advantage for the away team because uh-huh. that gives students or fans less time to get there, especially on a weekday. Yeah. Um, I don't think in the past FC Indiana is drawing a crowd that's perhaps going to impact how they play on the pitch. Right. Um, but it being a weekday, what? I'm going to assume is a day trip. Most is, likely. Is difficult. I mean, a day trip to drive there and what is amateur soccer. Yeah. Um, that's an advantage for the home team. We've gotten points there in the past. That said, a midweek away trip is going to be tricky. Absolutely. I think FC Indiana, having looked at their schedule, they have several of those weekday trips. Right. So weekday are welcomings, I should say. Yeah. But then AFC closes with two home games. You have July 7th, you have Detroit City, and you have July 12th against Toledo Villa. Yeah. Brendan, can you take us through those last two games? How important is it for a team to finish off strong at home? Well, it's very important. And, I mean, we all know the club's goals are to go get that uh, division title yeah. and make a, and especially making a goal to have a lot of momentum to push for the playoffs, possibly, hopefully. Um, and having two big home games against... Uh, what could, like you said, could possibly be a budding rivalry against Toledo, and then what I think is an already established rivalry against Detroit City yeah. is very important to pick up points in those games. Obviously, it could be for the title race. It's hard to say. It's sitting here in February, but right. uh, for, for the reputation of the teams, um, and as well as if we're in that playoff position, you never want to be going into the playoffs coming off a loss. Yeah, so right. I, I think those ho- last home games, the fact that they're at home is very good, uh, possibly advantageous, um, but I think they'll be very important to pick up points in. Yeah. What? I mean, we, we've celebrated some cha- some championships at home almost each year, whether it's a Milk Cup or clinching the division title. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Sunday the 7th, this will be our second time playing Detroit. Um 
For those that don't know, Detroit's going to be participating in what will be called MPSL Pro or the MPSL Championship yes, come fall. Within the Founders Cup, I believe. Exactly, so yeah. Founders Cup, excuse me. Um, so this time of year, and maybe from the, from the get-go, but they should be breaking in what's going to be their team to head into the fall. Yes. So you're essentially going to be welcoming in a professional Detroit City FC for one of your last home games. Um, not that they haven't always been strong, but you'd imagine they're going to have their strongest lineup because they ha- they're looking forward to a big fall campaign too. So I think that'll definitely be something that we'll be pushing out locally that, hey, you hope to be in position to clinch something later in the season. Not only that, we're hosting what is going soon to be a professional side here at home, mm-hmm. um, one of the bigger names in Michigan, who we always play well. Um, so not to make one game seem bigger than another, but this is going to be a big matchup there on the 7th. In terms of both of those Detroit City matchups, you bring up a good point where yeah. by the end of the season they will be likely near professional in terms of trying to embed players. Right. I can't speak for their coaching philosophy, but I assume that is, that's a logical thing to assume. Yeah. Is it an advantage to play that away game earlier when they might be trying to figure out who is going to factor into the, the Founders Cup? Yes. <laughs> um, we've always played well at at Keyworth, that right. said, that that environment um, takes some thick skin for a for a player. Do we have those players on our team? I hope so. Yeah. Um, but each year's different, so I think it will be an advantage having played them before. Mm-hmm. Um, but playing at Detroit's going to be tough, um, and you kind of have to look at those fixtures separately as game plan and atmosphere wise. Um, so, yeah, it could, it could give you an advantage as far as how they're lining up schematically, but I definitely look at those two matchups very different um, as far as atmosphere. 100%. Yeah. Brendan, you brought up the point where I believe you said it was four games in 12 days, mm-hmm. I yeah. believe. In terms of looking at back-to-backs, perhaps, is there one that stands out in your mind? Is it the, the two in three days, essentially, with Kalamazoo and Columbus? Is there another one that you would think could sneak up on the team or some people? Uh, I mean, in terms of just the size of it, um, I think the last two and five days that we were just referencing yeah. are one of the biggest of the season. Um, that uh, two and three days is just as big, though, with Kalamazoo and FC Columbus. Uh, I don't particularly know a ton about Michigan Stars. Like you said, they're going to be talented. Mm-hmm. But say that ga- that home uh, match against them comes three days after the keyword date we were just referencing. That too. Uh, if you come off maybe a big three points, maybe a big point at keyword, that can kind of be a trap game it, coming back to home to play Michigan Stars, depending on obviously how they are. It's interesting to say a home trap game where, in talking about basketball, we always talk about yeah. how the away game might be a trap game. Right. But it is very much the case when it comes after a big away game coming down. Coming back home, you don't want to say it's a letdown, but yeah. it's perhaps something where you may have a little less energy. It's a different yeah. challenge, yeah. for sure. Exactly. Yeah. No, our the AFC ownership and the promotion department is going to do, do a good job. That's what I believe is the Memorial Day Classic yes. uh, matchup again, um, which we always make a big deal out of mm-hmm. here. I was going to say, um, take me through some of the more historic Memorial Day Classics. Yeah, so I mentioned the Grand Rapids one. Yeah, so it's, it's usually been a Grand Rapids pairing. Uh-huh. Um, but I believe even in season one, that was one of the highest attended games, and it, it's always been that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it'll it'll be an exciting, even though we just played recently. Um, it's an earlier kick, um, yeah. and you're excited about 
kind of the festivities after the game, whether that's the families or the players or the coaches. Right. Um, but that's that's one of those matches that these players invite their families to come and make sure that they're at, at to watch them play. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm sure they'll feed off that energy for sure. Yes. Uh, talk to me a bit about the earlier kicks again, where you mentioned we talked about FC Indiana, of course, where it's a yeah. weekday, it's a 6 p.m., it's sort of a weird time. For sure. Do earlier kicks... Re- affect you as much as a player, or is it more of an so atmosphere? Um, if you're looking at a, our season, AFC and Arbor's home schedule, these are going to be, as far as evening games, a little bit earlier. So I don't believe that we kick off ever after 6.30 p.m. Yeah. Um, I believe this is a for facility reasons as we move to Concordia, which is going to be awesome. Yes. Um, but they're all going to be relatively earlier click- kicks. We're never going to have that 7.30 8 p.m. under the lights game like we have in the past. Yeah. Um, so it's not a disadvantage. You just have to make it your own, right? I right. Mean, that if you get used to it and we're consistent, our home side should be used to it and you kind of make it your own and create an advantage out of it in that way. Yeah. There is, sometimes I'll say, there's nothing like a, a noon game on a weekend. Right. That, yeah. uh, nationally televised in exactly. terms of Michigan basketball. That yeah. atmosphere can fire you up. Right. Yeah. Brendan, I wanted to ask you, we have the whole schedule laid out right now. Mm-hmm. There are heavier games in May and in June. That's the nature of the shorter season beast. Yeah. Is that something that you look at and you see multiple fixtures and you say as a fan, you're like, these are some games that, that excite me? Or are you sort of looking ahead to maybe a bigger game like Detroit City or like a more unknown against Toledo? Oh, for sure. I mean, in the NPSL, at least in our division... Pretty much every game is one to get up for. So, yeah. I mean, pretty much all the home games have me excited as a fan to attend. Uh, but it, it really should the away games in drivable distance as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a fan of. It, it sucks during the off season, but the condensed schedule is fun. It, it's yeah. a it's yeah. a frenzy, and I'm sure I, I can't speak to it as a player, uh, but as a fan, the games just keep on coming. Yeah, you know, week after week, sometimes twice a week. Um, but really, yeah, it, all of the home games are big because in a title race, you need to defend your home field and pick up every point that you can. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, I a hundred percent agree with you on that. Yeah, I, I'm interested in this whole Toledo thing. Yeah, um, there have been teams new to our conference, like FC Indiana, who haven't picked up a ton of points in the past. Um, two years. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's been those like Kalamazoo FC whom have started slow but then f- finished strong. We saw um, that a little fa- bit with as, Columbus. Yes, yeah, as, as far as some of these expansion teams. So if you're a Toledo and you get off to a strong start, mm-hmm. um, because you're a little bit of an unknown, you could be a little bit intimidating to some of these clubs. Um, and I think we saw in the games we played against Columbus where we did grab points. Mm-hmm. Um, they they were capable. I mean, they, oh, yes. they they lost a player when we hosted them. Mm-hmm. Um, so you kind of throw that game out the window as we were able to dominate up a guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but they had some talent on their roster last year. Absolutely, that is that is one hundred percent true. Yeah. And anyone who watched either of those games really could yeah. see that there's plenty of quality there. For right. Them. I want to veer a bit towards the Michigan Milk Cup. Okay. Where you have a new format. You have ten teams. Four are getting buys. The four that are getting buys. I believe our AFC, you have the Flint City Bucks, formerly the Michigan Bucks, mm-hmm. and then Grand Rapids FC and Kalamazoo. Sure. Can you talk a little bit about sort of getting a buy in a two-legged sort of sort of tournament? Yeah, so 
And I'm sure Eric would say that his focus is on the MPSL until we get to that part of the date as far as and you find out Absolutely. who you're paired with. Right. Um, so I don't think he's even going to educate our players on what's going on in the early part of the Melt Cup because why would you? Right. Um, you just kind of educate them on your upcoming opponent because there's a trophy involved once you get there. Mm-hmm. Um, so the soccer culture in Michigan as a whole should be really excited about the tournament. That said, I don't think that our club will focus too much on their Melt Cup pairing mm-hmm. um, until you know who your opponent is. What about what about a lower league opponent, Brendan? Do you yeah. think do you think they got up even though the Michigan Milk Cup may be may not be the U.S. Open, but it's still it's still a very exciting tournament in terms Absolutely. of Absolutely, I I mean, the Michigan Milk Cup it is gaining traction first Absolutely. of all, and then yeah. I mean, if you're a lower, it's an underdog mentality. If you are a lower league team and you're coming up to play AFC Ann Arbor and you know that they're a league above you, you're yeah. gonna get up for that game. Sure. No, no athlete playing at this level is going to be like, ah, oh, well they're they're higher up, they're better. Let's just get through this game and focus back on our league. They're gonna get excited to play. And uh, so, absolutely, I, I think you definitely got to worry about those teams playing their best games against you. Yeah, I mean you're you're gonna script it whether you're a fan of the lower team or the the higher team as far as leagues when you look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to script it in a way that gives you an advantage. Yes. Um, but when it comes down to it, these are amateur sides, whether it's PDL, which will now be USL2. USL2, yes. Um, when it comes down to it, it's going to be Ann Arbor versus this city in Michigan. Right. Um, and it's it's going to be a big game no matter what. Last year we faced Lansing, who was a PDL side. They had an awesome season. Some would say the PDL is one of those... St- stronger leagues mm-hmm. it was Ann Arbor versus Lansing and there was history there right um and I don't think that the teams on the field will read much into it it'll just be more for the fans to kind of paint it that way yeah uh, uh, yeah that's a big part of sport culture as yeah well, all about the fan yeah 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 in terms of travel there you have you have sort of a loaded May as we've mm-hmm. seen you have you have three away games including a tougher trip out to Columbus do you want to avoid a team in Michigan that might be a bit farther drive, like uh, BIHGR? Uh, they're out yeah. in Rapids, of course. Right. Do you maybe want to avoid so, them for a closer Force FC, perhaps? Yeah, I mean, you do. Uh, the goal is to host. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and I know our our staff and ownership loves to host their games, whether it's playoff in the MPSL or Milk Cup things like that. Um, but you'll deal with how you're drawn. I mean, it took what I believe was extra time at Kalamazoo last year in a milk cup to advance mm-hmm. that far. Mm-hmm. Going to Kalamazoo in a week, on a weekday, and what yeah. was essentially a brand new tournament. Um, it's not ideal for a, a coaching staff. That said, there's a trophy involved. There's a cash prize involved. Right. Um, so you'll deal with that trip. Um, and like we said earlier, there's going to be guys on our roster itching for a chance to kind of get a to get their taste on the field. And maybe they haven't been able to prove to our coaches and to our fans um, what they're capable of. Um, and maybe it takes a one-off like this away at Kalamazoo where it's not streaming or away at one of these lower league teams where the game's not streaming. Yeah. Um, there's not people watching, but if you if you bury a goal that helps us win. It's all yeah, about the performance. Yeah, you've broken into the team there, so for sure. Brendan, Flint City Bucks used to be Michigan Bucks. You are from the general Flint area. Am, Can yeah. you talk a bit about the soccer culture in Flint as a whole and what them moving means to the city? Yeah, um, it, it is funny because I talked about this with you last year. I said, if Flint gets a team, I don't know, it's going <laughs> to be weird. But, uh, yeah, the soccer culture up there is, 
strong. Um, mm-hmm. The a lot of the high schools in the Flint Metro League draw a lot of students um, to games, and the uh, the game is played at a high level in that conference. And there's also a lot of travel clubs up there, so mm-hmm. I anticipate. Um, Maybe not immediately, but their attendance would be pretty pretty good. Yes. Um, personally, I am hoping to draw them in the Bell <laughs> yeah. Club Save for some complete travel. selfish reasons. Because <laughs> yeah. it's a ten. I, if I'm at school, it's a five minute drive to the Atwood Stadium. But yeah, it, I think they'll succeed in the long run. Yes, I do. Yeah. In uh, in terms of sort of these lower league sides, as we've talked about, mm-hmm. we mentioned Toledo is coming up into the NPSL. Do yeah. you see the sort of incentive for lower sides, perhaps, to join the NPSL? The NPSL, it, it depends on what your club's goals are. Mm-hmm. Um, so for the most part in the NPSL, these are modest organizations looking to just provide a soccer product to the community. Mm-hmm. Um and give people in those communities something to watch during the season. Um, I'm sure ownership groups um, want to be profitable, and some are. Mm-hmm. Um, but the MPSL at least provides you a framework of even scheduling and a conference to hopefully create some local rivalries to present to your fans. Mm-hmm. Um, I know AFC and Arbor's benefited from that. Yes. Um, and I'm sure that's what most of these clubs are, are looking for, is just to provide some consistency to their fans. Um, that you can then market and kind of create some narratives for your fans to get behind. In terms of the NPSL as a whole, the Great Lakes Division lost Milwaukee because they will be partaking in the NPSL Founders Cup as well. Yeah. That trip out to Milwaukee, I had Eric on the podcast, mm-hmm. and he mentioned it was it was a fun trip where they'd go overnight, and it's yeah. the first, away day, first regular season game yeah. at all. Is that something that you could see is sort of, a disappointment to lose out or is that something where it's saving you saving you a Friday travel trip? yeah um, so you got to consider this is similar to why you ask if lower league clubs want to join the NPS so you got to consider the budget that's involved um, in running a team like this um, so I'm sure our ownership won't miss that trip at all <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, considering what you have to spend to kind of put your players in position to get a result mm-hmm. um, team building wise it's fun I mean whether yeah. you're in youth soccer staying overnight at a tournament with your friends mm-hmm. um, or you're in college in this amateur semi-pro level um, those away trips are where you bond as a team yeah. um, so I'm sure we'll miss it in that regard that said this is year four for Coach Redland five for the club right. um, he's been in the MPSL with Lansing before he's going to find ways to, to team build with this group um, outside of a long overnight trip like that so we'll, we'll get creative yeah um but i wouldn't worry too too much about it and i i would imagine we'll save some resources for other things in avoiding that trip too absolutely with that it also means uh i believe seven of the eight teams are now located in either michigan or ohio yeah. so that saves a ton of travel not just for, for sure. the players but for the fans as well mm-hmm. yeah brendan you have as i mentioned you have the women's schedule most handy out of all, any of yes. the three uh you mentioned the double header at Grand Rapids, mm-hmm. can you talk about sort of an away doubleheader mm-hmm. where you are you see sometimes uh, collegiate basketball? Thing. We're going back to college basketball yeah. <laughs> references here, but you'll see uh, a women's and a men's side. Mm-hmm. They'll do a doubleheader there, but very rarely do you see it with the same team. What do yeah. you think could that mean to fans traveling or perhaps the team as a whole? 
I, yeah, I think the fan experience is going to be really, really cool because yeah. you're going to have the same set of fans sitting through both games, the same the Main Street Hooligans cheering through 180 minutes over on the away side. And I forgive me, I don't know the name of their supporters group, but you know what I mean. Exactly. Uh, yes. And I think it'll be a really cool experience for the fans. Um, obviously, I never played at this level, but I imagine it'll be cool for both of the both of the teams as well, you know, mm-hmm. uh, kind of a camaraderie thing. We're all donning the badge of the Mighty Oak and all going, to, we're playing the same team. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I have to imagine that it'd be very, it's very cool. And uh, obviously from an ownership standpoint, you're sending everybody to the same place. So yeah. I'm sure that's nice too. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, you got to be excited about it if you're, a, if you're a traveling fan or we're hosting one of those double headers. Mm-hmm. Um, what you hope to do is, um, logistically is avoid those distractions for the players themselves. So are the men yeah. and women going to travel to that game together? Right. Um, are they not? Are they going to have to share a locker room? Is one team going to have to get out of there soon so the other team can hustle in? Mm-hmm. Um, you can kind of control those va- variables in a home game, and in a away game you can't. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a little, a little so, tough there. Yeah, so it's got to be really exciting to go and see one of those games if it's at Grand Rapids or wherever we're going to get a doubleheader mm-hmm. in. Um, 180 minutes of soccer sounds awesome. Um, yes. It might be a little bit of a project for our dual coaching staffs in a, yeah. in a game like that, a doubleheader like that, to manage. Um, but then you feed off the energy and get the most out of it on the field for sure. The final competition that AFC are involved in that we haven't really touched upon is mm-hmm. the U.S. Open. Yeah. That's always a big deal for amateur clubs in terms of getting yeah. a chance to play with the big boys, quote-unquote. Uh, AFC have are own two, I believe, at right. this stage. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a bit about the history of the club within the Open? It's yeah. season number three in a row, I believe, that right. they'll be in the Open. Yeah. And what do you think could see sure. so, changes? This so season? it's an accomplishment to be in, in the Open Cup. 100%. Um, Re- records. This is the longest standing competition in the U.S. Mm-hmm. That said, I don't think it has gained a ton of traction until very recently. Right. Um. But it's exciting. I would say two years ago, we played a super tight game against the Michigan Bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, that was at Ultimate Soccer Arenas in Pontiac. That game could have gone either way. It didn't go our way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then last year was a little bit more lopsided of a match. Um, yeah. But it was a little bit strange um, as it was kind of a one-off match to play at EMU. Yeah. Um, this was a team from very far away that how do you do homework on? Um, yeah. And they came, They just came here and played better. Um and you're always going to get matches that are tricky like that. Um, this year, you have to imagine that you're going to be paired with a Lansing Ignite. Otherwise, a club like ours would have to travel for their opponent, is how I would imagine our options look. I believe um, uh, I was doing a bit of research yeah. into that. The Dayton is a club that right. is close by, and Des Moines. Sure. But other than that, there are multiple teams yeah. that have I mean, I'm selfishly, like, like you mentioned earlier, you're from that Flint area. Yeah. Um, I'm born and raised in Lansing. Ah. Um, that is a club I haven't been able to root for because of us sharing a league. Um, them taking this kind of rebrand and next step into USL um, at least allows me to f- follow their club. <laughs> right. Um, I'm always going to be an AFC and Upper fan, but I can at least now f- follow their club, their club in a positive manner. Yeah, with a um, clear conscience. Yeah, um, until we play them. Exactly. And I think... We would love to host. It would also be really cool to go there and play at Cooley Law School Stadium mm-hmm. um, and be a part of what they're trying to build. 
Mm -hmm. um, when it comes down to the U.S. Open Cup, you just want to get a result. Right. I mean, to beat one team that's perhaps viewed as stronger than you and then get to play a team in the next tier yeah. um, would be groundbreaking for our club on and off the pitch. Brendan, what's that like for you as a fan? I mean, it, it's uh, it's exciting anytime we are talking about how fans build narratives. Well, yeah. we'd be get be the ones to get to build that narrative. Let's go take on the bigger guy. Yeah. But really, anytime you get two teams from the Lansing area and Ann Arbor, it's yeah. going to be interesting between at least the fans. Right. And um, it, it is really cool. One thing I did want to touch on because I didn't want to confuse the men's side is Lansing Ignite. The women's are still Lansing United. Correct. I did want to let everybody know that yeah. because. Uh, just in case to erase any sense of confusion. Absolutely. Uh, the pairings of those will be announced. The first round will be April 10th, mm. and the second round will be April 17th. So there's still a bit of time to get those signed, sealed, and delivered. But it is coming up close. Mm -hmm. I have a, one final question for you in terms of the scheduling. We have the schedule layout. If you had to circle one game on the calendar, what one would it be? You can go first. Oh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> To be honest, it's uh, away at Grand Rapids. Yes. Um, we're talking, I, I have the uh, 2018 results against common opponents from 2018 to 2019, mm -hmm. and the only red square on my Excel sheet is that away leg at Grand Rapids. They're the only team to get three points over us that we still play this year. So, I mean, that's got to be a big one, right? It, Absolutely. Always. Held a clean sheet in that game, too. Yeah. I, I'm going to plug a home game. Um I think it's it's paramount to get off to a good start. Um, mm -hmm. If you can get one point or three points on the road May 4th um, at Michigan Stars, but, but what I'm circling is the, the 12th, our second game of the season. That's a home opener um, to grab three points and kind of take things from there mm -hmm. um, is super important for, for this club and kind of the landscape of the NPSL. I think that's, that's a game, if I'm a part of the staff, I'm circling, and we'll, we'll go from there. 100%. Yeah. I, agree. I agree with that. It's important to get off in, to a hot start in terms yeah. of at home. And it's also important to avenge perhaps a wrong in terms of last season. Yeah. I am going to circle personally the Memorial Day clash against Michigan Stars. Yeah. I think they're a bit of an unknown still. Like you mentioned, like we have all mentioned, they're going to be very talented. Right. But that Memorial Day game is always something. It's a cause of celebration for yeah, the club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And hopefully it will be the case for them this season as well. You got it. Thank you both for joining me very much. Yeah. I appreciate it. The deep dive into the schedule was great, and I'm happy to have you guys on. Uh, follow us on Twitter at AFCN Arbor, and keep it locked in to AFCNArbor.com for anything that you need in terms of the Mighty Oak. Until next week, I'll see you guys later.